is back and there is plenty to talk about. Some disappointing results to that Mickey Moore interview earlier this week. I'm Jolly Dreary. He's Ollie Westbury. Ollie, how's things since we last met? You've been uh, you've been away, you've been in Turkey. How are you? I know your tan's looking well. Uh, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I feel as though I have said, haven't I, that I'm permanently on annual leave at the moment. Uh, and it does very much feel that way, um, which is... Uh, slightly annoying because I kind of want to just like get stuck into the football and um, but every time I go back to work there's always something coming up in my social life around the corner that uh, is making life very difficult so my best mate's getting married tomorrow so uh, I won't be at the presser tomorrow um, afternoon because I'm uh, an usher at his wedding so one of those things Johnny one of those things I've got after after Friday I've got a free run at it off down to Leighton Orient and then I've got a free run at it then and for the rest of the season hopefully good stuff well you know contrary to uh, some odd individual comments over the weekend the Shropshire Star does in fact cover Shrewsbury Ollie is in fact our Shrewsbury correspondent and you've still got your Shrewsviews podcast I don't know quite what you're worrying about anyway we're going to cover well we're not going to talk about Saturday because as those angry Shrewsbury fans will realise, Ollie wasn't at Shrewsbury on Saturday. He was elsewhere covering games with my lovely self. Um, but we're going to talk about last night and what uh, what a bad evening it was for Shrewsbury, scraping through on penalties against Brighton under under 12. No, sorry, 21s. Um, and then we're going to talk about that Mickey Moore interview earlier in the week. But Ollie, Papa John's action last night. Matt Taylor, he said he was going full strength for this competition. He's gone full strength for it, and they were held to a goal draw by, you know, we'll say Brighton's kids, but Brighton are a Premier League team, so I'm sure them kids were technically very good, but Shrewsbury shouldn't really be drawing nil-nil with a side like that, should they? No, no, but I think what we don't know is we don't actually know, and I think we'll never know how good Brighton's under-21s actually are. I think it's very difficult to know what level of player they are. I mean, technically, as footballers, they were by far and away better than Shrewsbury. Um, you know, what they probably lack is that physicality, you know, that little bit of experience, that little bit of perhaps killer instinct um, that will really, you know, enable them to be a team that would compete with a league one side. I mean, I went into last night's game thinking to myself, anything other than a 2-0, at least a 2-0 win is not a good result for Shrewsbury. I probably would have been less so on that fact at probably one minute to six before I knew what the team was. Um, when I found out what the team was and I saw how Matt, strong Matt Taylor had gone, you know, it, it, it told me two things. It told me he must feel under pressure because he feels as though he's got to get some form of result tonight. Like, the, like losing just felt like not an option and that's why he picks such a strong side because don't forget you know if they go to Leighton Orient on Saturday and don't put in a performance because they're tired because he's played the same team two three times in a week you know he's going to get criticised for that isn't he so you know that was you know that told me something and it, and it told me that when I saw that team I was like that they have to win they have to score some goals and they have to win because I think it's more the optics of it, probably when you actually think about it and analyse it a little bit more. I mean, Matt did say to me specifically last night, like I've worked in a Cat One Academy. I know how talented the young players are and that and that is fair. But, you know, I, I didn't think she would be very good on, on, on Tuesday night for 70 minutes of that game. But I, I thought they were 
they weren't very good at all. Um, and they could have been three nil down. They could quite easily have been three nil down. I mean, Tom Flanagan almost passed the ball into his own net. Um, it arguably went over the line. Marco Morosi had to dive and save it. But you know that kind of and the, the ground was stunned into silence. And it kind of felt as though I don't know. I, I don't even know how to describe it. I just I thought that first seventy minutes. I thought it was a really hard watch. Um, having said that, they did make changes. And they did come on really strong in that last 20 minutes. They put pressure on. Um, they played with a, bit, a little bit more tempo, a little bit more energy, a little bit more intensity. And they came on strong in that last 20 minutes. And they could quite easily, you know, they kept a clean sheet for the first 70, kind of by hook or by crook with some good goalkeeping from Morosi, who obviously got the nod over Burgoyne, which is not something you expect to happen in the EFL trophy. Um, and, you know, they could have scored, you know, Bayliss, great save from the goalkeeper, from a Bayliss effort. Uh, Udo, one-on-one. Bowman hits the post. You know, they did have chances at the end. You know, so there were some positive signs, the way that they came on and the way that they created chances in that game towards the end. But um, up to that point, it, it was it was hard to watch. What is it? Is it lack of, you know, does it look like they're not know what they're doing in terms of direction or, you know, what 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 can you see from the sidelines? I I think that it part part of it is a belief thing, and part of it is the fact they've not scored. They've scored one goal in six games, and I you you look at it and you just feel as though it, you look at the players and it looks as if it's on their mind. You know, they're, they're making fairly like rude, but balls get passed to them and it goes under their foot and out for a throw in, and you just kind of feel like there's a bit of I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Not anxiety, because that's not the word, but it just feels like they're just a little bit like nervous about making mistakes. And you just kind of need someone to take the ball by the horns and to kind of take the game by the stuff of the neck, be direct, get on the front foot and, you know, start start making things happen for them. But it just doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to be happening. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, yeah, I, I I don't know. I thought I thought it was a it was a tough it was a tough seventy minutes, but the changes worked. The changes did work. Um, so I suppose that was a positive, and it was a positive. Matt did say himself that it was a positive that you know they got better as the game went on. Obviously, because in the past, in the last few weeks, they've been doing the opposite, haven't they? They've started the games pretty well, played well for sixty minutes, and then fallen off cliff, and then let two goals in and lost two nil. Um, so. You know, they did they didn't they didn't do that. They kind of came on strong as the game went on. Um so yeah. Um there's some interesting things about the formation that you know we might get onto at some point. But um yeah, some really interesting things about the formation actually. Um so yeah. It was a bit meh, that's how I described last night. It was a bit meh. Yeah, in terms of Taylor, you know. If you believe everything you read on social media, which we don't, you know, Taylor's going to be under pressure soon. You know, is he, is he feeling, you, you mentioned there, you know, his team selection sent, you sensed, he felt a bit of pressure to get a result. Um, I think so. I just, otherwise, I don't see why you pick Marco Morosi over Harry Burgoyne. Because like, you know, if, if Morosi gets an injury, like, and Burgoyne's not played in the AFL trophy and he's not playing in the cup games, like Burgoyne's going to be bloody useless, isn't he? Because he's not going to have played. So, like, these games are, you know, the chance that they do get to kind of prove, the, the fringe players do get to kind of put a case forward. 
that they they should be playing. So when you pick a, a team that's that strong, to me that suggests that 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 he, he felt he needed to win yesterday. Yeah, he he just needs results, doesn't he? You know, you yeah. look at the run they got now. You know, a couple of one nil scrappy one nil wins. You know, it's just all about by hook or by crook. I mean, I, I, are they going in the right direction? You know, are they on the right? You know, you mentioned there. You know, first sixty minutes of games great, falling off. You know, last night first sixty minutes of games, you know, useless. You know, if they can marry them two together, yeah, I, I'm far away. I mean, I'm I'm not sure I can say that they're going in the right direction. To be honest, Johnny, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. I, I think that the the concerns outweigh the positives at the moment. Um, so. And it's hard because I don't want to feel like I'm being like overly critical. They're a new team. They're, they're still gelling. Um, I expect there to be, you expect there to be teething problems. You don't expect them to come out and suddenly start bopping it around the pitch like a Pep Guardiola side. Like that's not what we're expecting. But I think, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's the same, it's the same problems, isn't it? They just don't look like scoring, you know, one goal in six. And they got one goal they did score in six was because the Fleetwood defender slipped and Dan, Rudo, Dan Udo ran the whole length of the pitch. And ran right and, and and scored, yeah. you know. So on the other side of the coin, you know, there are games where they've created a bucket load of chances. So it's not like you know the chances have completely, you know, dried up. It just needs a bit more composure yeah. to stick him in the net. Yeah, I mean, well, that's in. It's interesting you say that because I was talking to Mickey more about this. So I, I, I went to Shrewsbury on Monday. Um, I didn't realise the club had actually done an interview, but I spoke to Mickey more for. Probably on the record for about forty-five minutes, but I spent, but I spent quite, quite a lot of time just chatting to him about, about stuff and football and, and all that kind of stuff. And we, we were talking about it, and and like it's hard to blame the strikers. They're not. I, I, I don't look at Dan Udo and think, oh my god, Dan Udo's missing two sitters a game, and unless he starts, you know, they're, they're not creating the chances really to miss. I mean, there's a couple of chances that you can think of, but it's like we, we what Town aren't getting. It's not like. You know, like when you go to a football game and the fans are like, ooh, ah, oh, because the ball's close to going in the net or, you, you know, you think the ball's about to go in. And it's that kind of build-up and it's just not happening. It's just like, it's flat. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's one that really needs to be addressed. I don't need results and they need results quickly. Oh, you mentioned that Mickey Moore interview there. Uh, we're gonna, yeah. you, you did two pieces from it, so we're going to just dissect them. The one that really got people... Uh, hot under the collar was the fact that Shrewsbury's budget last season was bigger than it has been for 137 years uh, or in their 137 year history I would make to say I just want to read out a bit of an extract from what he said um, the budget is exactly the same as it was last year but last year there was a massive overspend the overspend it was not sustainable the club could not and cannot operate at that level I am not going to go into figures as that would be massively unfair the volume of money that was spent was the highest this club in 137 years Sorry, in 137 years, it has ever spent. That isn't taking anything away from last year. So, Ollie, let's break it down. You know, in layman's terms, we talked off pod. They haven't spent any more money in wages, but the overspend is for other things. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're getting into murky. We're getting into murky territory, and got to be very careful what we say. Do we know um, what those things are, or is that a case of you know that had come out in club accounts, you know, next year when that's released, or you know, was that any of that forthcoming from Mickey Moore? Yeah, n- n- no, not not something that we can report on anyway. Um, you know, I've got a good idea what what some of the things might be, but it's not it's not it's not stuff that we can 
you know, be reporting on. Um, you know, there's more there's more at play in this situation than it is a simple case of, you know, ask loads of questions, get loads of answers, and clear up yeah. the situation. There's just but it's 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 so complicated. What's what's what what's happened is so complicated, and I feel as though, you know, we kind of we are where we are now. Um, we're in a situation where the club is where the club is. You know, Mickey Moore's now in as director of football. Matt Taylor is doing the job that he's doing um, as manager. And I think, you know, we've just got to kind of hope that they've built the side capable of being, being able to mm. put performances in. I think it's tough, isn't it? Because it's hard to come out and 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 do press the way. And I, I, I so first things first, I really like Mickey Moore. I've spoke to him on a couple of occasions and seen him after games and chatted to him. And I think he's a, he's, he's a, he's a good bloke with the best intentions of trying to do the best job he can at the football club. Um, what I feel is, you know, it it's hard to come out after, I mean, it's easy in hindsight now, you've seen the fan reaction, you know, like the fan reaction to to the inter, to Mickey's interview on, on our interview and the club interview, it's not gone down well. Um, and it's easy to sit here now and criticise, isn't it, in hindsight, but you know, when I found out that Mickey was doing an interview, I thought, you know, that's good. They're communicating with the club. They're 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 they're, they're trying to communicate with the fans to give some form of explanation because you know one thing that football fans all over the country do everywhere at every football club is say so and so they do not they do not they do not communicate enough. They do not communicate enough. So they've come out and thinking they're doing the right thing by communicating, but it's kind of backfired on them because I suppose in some way it's probably looked as if they're deflecting. Now, I don't think they are deflecting. I suppose what they probably should have tried to have done is to get out ahead of it earlier in this earlier in the, the summer and explained the reasons for what happened in the summer when they happened. Because doing it now, I suppose, this is all in hindsight because, you know, at the time when, you know, I found out there was an interview, I was like, oh, this is going to be the right thing. The fans are going to be happy to hear from Mickey. You know, this is going to win them some some positive feedback and that you know the fans are going to appreciate being spoken to but doing it now I suppose after some bad results and with the fans not particularly buying into the new head coach as of yet you know it's early days really early days but it feels like it feels a little bit like deflection um and I suppose that's where I, th- I think that's what what it seems to be what seems to be the problem Mickey Moore's come um, out, Ollie. You know the statements we had earlier in the summer from Roel Mitchell, from the chairman, who, like, like we said, you know, has divided fan the fan base in recent years. Um, he's done some excellent work, but some fans, you know, are just not having him anymore. Would it would it not have been better for him to come out on the back of the statements that he gave? Not obviously not to talk about the the tactical stuff which Mickey Moore's talked about, which we'll come on to. But in terms of this budget stuff, you know, which all related you know, to his statement earlier in the summer, you know, it's been an upheaval of summer with, you know, the chief executive going and the manager going and, and this and that and the other. Would it not have been more beneficial for, for him to come out as someone who was, you know, Mickey Moore wasn't in the building until June, I believe, or or, or just before that, you know, prior to the end of last season um, or whenever it was, you know, would it have been better to hear from the chairman? I mean... I mean, yeah, it would. It would be good to hear from the chairman, but the chairman's eighty-three. You know, you know, it, it's hard because I don't want to. I don't want to criticise the chairman. I spent forty-five minutes chatting to the chairman on Monday. He came in in the in the middle of our interview with Mickey, um, and I think one thing that's clear 
from speaking to him. We spoke about all all manner of things. He accused me of being a f- very bad at cricket. Um, we spoke about <laughs> the people in Shrewsbury that we know. We spoke about the football team. We spoke about all manner of different things for the time that he came in. But the one underlying thing that I got from my conversation with him, even though it was, you know, just a half an hour chat, really, or however long he was in there for, was that all his, his only interest is the best is he wants what's best for the football club that's what that's all he wants and i think perhaps you know all he thinks you know whether whether he, he makes the right decisions or not you know people don't make the right decisions that doesn't just happen at shrewsbury town that happens at football clubs that happens in business that happens in life all over the world doesn't it the people don't make the right decisions but i think the intentions from the chairman are the right ones and he's trying to do what he perceives to be the right thing for the club it's just not gone down very well no i i I sifted through a lot of social media guff if you want to call it on after these interviews come out on uh, uh, earlier this week and monday and there was one guy and i can't recall his name and i i can't recall what the tweet was under but he basically said can we just acknowledge the great work that roland witchley has done and at the same time that it might take new investors or, or owners to take Shrewsbury to that next level. You know, load of fans talk about lack of ambition, but you know, you've got to you've got to out you've got to weigh up that ambition with you know, like the word that was in there, sustainability, and 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 hitting your level. And you know, if Shrew, I'm sure if Shrewsbury could sustain spending at the level they were at to finish in the top ten of League One, you know, if they could do that, they would do it. You know. I think every club wants to have ambition, but at the same time, like you said, you know, he's got to have the best interests of the club at heart. And some fans will be listening to this going, oh, they're siding with this club or the chairman or whatever. But it's not. It's 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 football, you know. You know, you've seen all these clubs that have gone to the wall. Big clubs, bigger clubs than Shrewsbury Town, may I add, you know, um, that have gone and tried to overspend over their means, you know. And from the outside looking in, it looks like Shrewsbury have nipped it in the bud pretty quickly. Um, the other clubs, bigger clubs, haven't, and they've fallen quite dramatically down the, the league system. Um, but I think there is, you can, you can say the club maybe lacks ambition, but then it has to, it has to be weighed up with what is affordable, surely, all, and that's that's, you know, that's that's the gist of what Mickey Moore is saying in that one interview. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, to compete near the top of the... I mean, the teams that got promoted last year had budgets of... had wage bills of, like, £14 million. I mean, you know? A lot of money. It's a lot of money, yeah. It's a lot of money. Um, They have attendances of 30,000. You know, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday. You know, think of that gate, the gate receipts they're getting. You know, that's where... that's where part of where the money comes from. They're, you know, massive, massive football clubs... And that's what Shrewsbury are competing with, you know, if they want to be ambitious to try and take the step into the championship. I don't even know if it is that with the fans. I suppose what the fans perhaps feel like, because of the, because of, there was no explanation of what happened in the summer. It was kind of a little bit murky as to what they happened. Were left to, fans are basically left to read between the lines. Yeah. They had de- and also, two departures and, and two statements from the chairman. And it was almost, you know, we're, we're going to have to make our own minds up. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, Shrewsbury have kind of always been fighting around 17th, haven't they? They've been kind of just about avoiding relegation. 
And I suppose Steve Cottrell last season took them to 12th in League One. He, you know, last season, league relegation was never, it was never um, likely to happen. You know, it was never, at no, Shrewsbury were more, for the vast majority of last season, it looked more likely that Shrewsbury would go up than they would go down for the vast majority because they performed well. And at times they were not that far away from the playoffs. Um, that That's, that's, on occasion, I mean, they were never realistically going to get into the playoffs. But you know, with ten games to go before they had that that poor run, there was a chance. Um, so I suppose when what happens happens, and now Shrewsbury fans, I suppose, are being told that getting staying in the league again is a success. They're probably waking up in the morning and thinking, "W, what what's going what's going on?" You know, how have we gone from that to this over the course of the summer and what's caused it to happen? And there's no, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of them things that, you know, do you feel this is the bottom, you know, this is the line drawn un, under that situation now? You know, there are questions left, you know, Brian Caldwell, Steve Cox, well, all, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean. Bits and bobs, I mean, you know. Is it, or is this, you know, is this the last club want to speak? about well, it well i suppose the question the question is is that there's more there's more there's more stuff to come out of it and probably as a journalist when mickey was telling me about the overspend my regret is not pushing him more on it and trying to get more information of what that was i mean i asked him about it like how bad was the overspend and things like that and he went on to say you know i can't i can't go into detail so whether he would have gone into detail probably not um but that's they're the questions. It's it's created more questions than answer, and I do think it put more pressure on Matt Taylor on last night. I do think it did because I don't think the fans on Monday were angry, and then after they saw the interview, it appeared that they, from being relatively kind of all right, the interview wound them all up again. And then there's a game the next day, and it's like it's another opportunity. It's more pressure heaped on heaped on Matt, which. Mm. Yeah, it's not really something he needs right now either. But I, it wasn't done. It wasn't done for that. Like you know, that it wasn't done. You know, I suppose the club probably look at it now and think, well, you know, probably think we probably would have been best to have uh, kept quiet. Yeah. Which is a shame because the fans want communication. But then, if the communication is not what you want to hear, then yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough. I don't know. I, I don't know what the right thing to do was. I thought they were doing the right thing. I didn't. I didn't anticipate the reaction that, that it got. Yeah, just talk to me about the, set, the the other part of that interview. You know, the second story you did about Mickey Moore talking about tactics, formations, uh, yeah. this, that, and the other, and the form. You know, I read that. And, you know, I don't know Mickey Moore. You know, I only take what I hear from yourself and other people that I know that know him and say he's a good bloke and he's doing right by Shrewsbury. I just thought if I was a manager reading that and talking about having to get things right and this and that and the other. I wouldn't feel undermined, but I don't know how I'd sit with it. Um, you know, what was the thinking, Ollie, behind no, so talking so in depth about that? Yeah, so it's not, he's not, he's really not undermined Matt Taylor at all. No, no, I wouldn't say undermining, just it's just not strange, but it wouldn't maybe sit 100% correctly with you. Yeah, no, sense. no, I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It, yeah, what it is, 
is that it, there was just when Mickey Moore was interviewed um, before start before Matt was um, given the job, he said that Shrewsbury Town were going to play three five two, um, and that you know and that that the formation was chosen before the manager came in, which kind of gives people the impression that you know that's what Shrewsbury going to do. They're going to play three five two, come what may. And now Matt Taylor's in position. They're playing three-five-two. It's not working. And I suppose there's a school of thought from the fans that suggests that because Mickey said we were going to play three-five-two before Matt Taylor came in, that he's the person that's demanding the formation. You know, he's the person that's saying this is the formation that we must play. And I think all Mickey was doing really there was clearing up that that that's not the case. Obviously, he explained his reasons for why he want he, he wanted to recruit the team to play in three-five-two, and that was more. And the, the, the plain and simple answer is more for continuity than anything. You know, continuity and the fact that the players are used to the system. They did it under Steve Cottrell last season. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so, you know, it's you know it's one of those things. Um, three, five, two. Um, so, but the question to, to Mickey was, you know, obviously with the, you know, the way the team's playing and struggling to score goals, you know, has... It, it has Matt been told that he has to play three five two come what way, and that's not the case. You know, the, the formation change is the formation is in the hands of the manager. It's match choice. Then the desired formation will be three five two because that is the formation that they have um, recruited for. Um, but you know, that's the position. That's the position that they're in. Um, but Matt Taylor can can change it in game, and if he believes he's got the personnel to change it at the start of a game, he can do. Something interesting about last night, though, is that I was absolutely convinced that with 15 minutes to go, or, or when they made the substitutions that they were playing, they went to a four at the back. Everybody in the press box thought the same, um, and there are a few people on Twitter that also agreed that with, they'd gone to a four at the back with Bennett on the right side of midfield. But when I asked Matt about it, I mean, Stuart Don asked Matt about it, but he didn't really say much. So I, I, I pushed him on it to say, and he said, well, what formation do you think we were playing? So I always I don't like it when football managers do that because it's almost like they're trying to make it look stupid. Um, and, you know, I could, you could, in my in my view, and I still maintain it now, but it, it looked like a four at the back. It looked like Morgan Feeney um, was playing at right back uh, and it looked like Elliot Bennett was playing on the right wing. Um but Matt's, Matt says that that's not the case. Now, I ain't sure about that. Um, and I suppose any Shrewsbury fans that watch the game uh, that feel like they want to tweet in and reply to that, saying what they thought. I'm open for opinions, to be fair, if other people thought that that's not the case and they didn't switch formations up. But Elliot Bennett was playing really high up the pitch. Um, and, yeah, I was I was pretty sure that that, that, was, that was a three, that was a... They changed to a four-four-two right. right at the end of that game. For, you know, for, if that is the case, you know, Matt Taylor keeping his cards close to his chest. But you know, food for thought for the Shrewsbury manager moving forward. Really, you know, if they play so well in that last twenty minutes. Well, he said he said that the only formation change they made last night was 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 they played with one with they played with a number ten, which is something that they haven't done um, so far this season. He says, um, obviously, Tom Bailey's did that um, playing in that number ten role. So that was the one, the one, the one one change that they made to, to what they've done so far this year. So, yeah. you know, we're just going to have to, we're just going to have to wait and see um, that, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, 
But Dan Udo and Ryan Bowman, when they came on, made a difference. They really did. Yeah, but we're going to talk about the strikers right at the end with the, the Leighton Orient stuff. Um, time for a, a quick mention for our sponsor, Catlin Toasterman, over in Briley Hill. Some great products over there. Um, they've got a, a store on Thorns Road in Briley Hill. Or if you want to go in, catlintoasterman.co.uk. Right, Ollie, you're making the trip back to Leighton Orient for the scariest... Pre- Have you ever been to Leighton Orient? No. Scariest press box in the world. Why, hi. What, are you, how are you like with vertical drops and heights? Uh, I'm terrified. Unlucky. You're going to need it. You're going to need a bit of luck. It's like a vertical drop over the top of your desk, and it's a long way down. I went there once with Telford in the FA Trophy. It's very scary. So, yeah, all the best. Enjoy your Saturday trip. Your face has yeah. just dropped. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of heights. I don't like heights. Um, so I might sit on the touchline and do my report from the touchline. Yeah, yeah, you have to go. You have to. It's that high. You have to go up a lift to get there. Oh, crikey. Yeah. So <laughs> all the best. But Shrewsbury head to Leighton Orient, uh, both next to each other on the table. Same points, I believe. What's the food like, Johnny? The table. I don't think there was anyone I went. But Leighton Orient were a non-league club then. They were right. a National League club, so I'm sure it's got significantly better. Quite a nice ground, though. Quite a nice ground. Anyway, um, all, you know, as we said, result in it, you know, by hook, by hook or by crook or by off an arse or, or whatever, you know, they need a result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. We need, to, we need to see some goals. Um, we need to see some goals. Uh, we need to see, yeah, they need, they need a result. They need a result. You know, it's really important they get. Is a draw good? Is a draw good enough to just ease a little bit of pressure? I would say a score draw, maybe. You know, if the score you know, two each, I don't know, something like that. I don't know. I think they need to show that they can. You know, a, a score draw and a very good performance. I think, yeah, maybe. But but uh, I think if if they don't look like scoring again, um, then. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go down well. I don't think that's going to go down well. No, talk about the forward line there. You mentioned Udo and Bowman. You know, Matter and Phillips look like they're pretty fit now. Um, you know, where does he turn? Where does he turn with that? What's his best front two? Or well, what, Udo, what do you, what Udo, do you think Udo's, Udo's definitely in it. And that's the thing. Like, like some people tweet me saying, "Oh, yeah, we, we, we're lacking a goal scorer." I mean, Dan Udo's a goal scorer. I mean, he scored 16 goals the last time he played a full league one season. So it's not. I don't even think it's that. I mean, Bowman's got a knack for a goal. It, we, they're not having chances to score. Um, you know, I know, I know, that, I know, I know they had a couple last night, but, but that was, you know, a, 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 the general rule is like Shrewsbury on. I mean, you look at our our xG. I mean, our, we're not creating an xG of like two point five, and we're just missing loads of sitters. Like the xG is like zero point five. You know, our xGs we're not creating. That's that's the problem. Um, so I don't know. Udo Udo, Udo gets the nod. Who with? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't seen enough of Phillips or Matter yet to probably form an, an opinion on them. I feel like Bowman knows where the net is, um, but probably doesn't offer quite as much um, in terms of like link-up play. I think Dan Udo is one player that Town really do need to keep fit because I don't know. He just seems to have that half that that turn of pace that just yeah, makes them look a little bit more threatening. Yeah, he can um, he can go both ways as well. He's going to be a, an asset if he kicks into gear. Uh, Matt Taylor's men might start travelling up the table. Ollie, give me a score prediction. 
score prediction. I'll go first. I'll lead the way. 2-1 Salah. Then gonna get two, two, 2 1 each. Salah. 2 each. 2 each. 2 each. Well, we need goals. We need, I think that's what we need. We need to see some goals. Uh, It'll be the title for the potty. We need to see some goals. We need to see some goals. Uh, good stuff. Bad week on the field. Interesting week off it. We've had a bit of talk. Now time for Salah to do a bit of the warp. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back uh, hopefully next week. Um, schedules Maria. But we'll uh, until next time, thank you very much for listening. On Shrew's Views, until next time, goodbye. <laughs>